Welcome to the DGD Podcast. Guys, welcome on Jamie Goodman from the longest Georgia Bulldogs podcast, the Dogcast. Jamie, welcome to the show, my man. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. I look forward to speaking with you. Hey, you know, I've been I've been waiting for this, man. I know, uh, you know, there's a lot of going on with podcasting, right? Like, I look at I look at the Dogcast as kind of some uh, some uh, basically what is the word? Uh, basically reasoning, right? Reasoning to why I kind of got started, right? I look at what y'all talk about in regards to your fans and just getting your word out there and getting your ideas and beliefs. So, before we even start the show, man, thank you for the Dogcast. It's kind of an inspiration to me. Uh, so, just wanted to thank you there. Hey, man, I really appreciate it. You know, the dog clock started back in October of 2005 with just a small vision from from Derek, the creator of the dog cast and host of the show. But yeah, I mean, it's it's been one of those staples in our lives for a long time by fans for fans content. I think something that everybody yearns for you kind of take the media game out of it. No, no political affiliations. Just just speak your mind and, you know, give the people what they want to hear. No, you know, that's that's exactly what I try to do. I, I don't want to, like, say I'm still in your, you know, ideas and mentalities there. But, I mean, it's a good mold. Um, you know, I like doing it. Uh, you know, it's a lot you can look at, uh, you know, from a fan standpoint. You can look at what the coaches say, what insiders say. You know, but sometimes you just want to hear what other fans have to say. So, you know, kind of fitting into that mold right there. It's always fun to listen to your uh, content. Uh, before, we, guys, we got a busy show today. We're going to talk a lot just really about some stuff in general from uh, Georgia. Uh, in regards to the program, you know, looking at some recruiting, got several upcoming commits that were scheduled. Uh, we're going to talk about our predictions for, you know, what we think, uh, where these guys are going to go. Uh, and then maybe, Jamie, at the end, I think we'll talk a little bit about uh, the Dogcast and kind of I want to get a kind of a Q&A um, from podcaster to podcaster. So, uh, sure. like I said, it's got a busy show. Um, but let's go ahead and get started. Uh, first, guys, let's let's go ahead and talk about some recruiting. I love recruiting. Jamie, I know you're all in uh, for recruiting as well. Uh, I'm looking at January, uh, not January, uh, July 22nd, I think is going to be a big day. <clears throat> uh, a couple names there, uh, Denied Dennis Sutton uh, and Branson Robinson. Uh, obviously, you know, two big names uh, that's on the board for Georgia. I think, in my opinion, I think both are going to be dogs, but we'll talk about that in just a second. You know, you look at Branson Robinson and, and you hear a lot of people talking, you know, through Georgia on social media that compares them to, to Nick, Nick Chubb. Uh, and you, I kind of see that, but at the same time, I don't like to do the comps necessarily. But uh, definitely kind of fits that mold of a strong runner, um, you know, what George is looking for, right? I think he's kind of an overall, you know, kind of a good fit uh, for Georgia. So I think, you know, obviously Georgia will gladly take him into the class if he were to choose the dogs. And then you look at Deny Dennis Sutton, uh, obviously along the defensive line, uh, you know, losing what we're losing this year or this pro- projected to lose. Uh, after this season, you know, obviously he'll be a welcomed addition as well. Uh, obviously with what, 6'5", 230 or something like that, I think it's a pretty big frame as well. Uh, obviously that's a, you know, huge get if if we were to get him as well. So I want to get your thoughts. Out of the two guys, do you expect, or, or what are your predictions? Do you expect us to get both, one, or neither? So prediction-wise, I, I mean, this recruiting cycle has been a little different than I anticipated being. You know, last year with COVID, we've seen things all over the map, kids just rushing to commit because there were no visits, things of that nature. And, and this year has been probably equally as unique with the return of actual on-campus visits. So I, I would say that 
I'm not going to be super confident in anybody until until they give their verbal and then later the ink dries on the NIL. But with these two, I think, you know, the, the tea leaves are going in our favor. Branson, I, I, something bad would have to happen, I believe, between now and commitment for me to see him going somewhere else. Um, I think the kid wants to be a dog. I think he embodies everything RBU is all about. Um and, you know, in and, and 2021, how many kids go back and say, you know, Herschel Walker is my favorite football player ever? I mean, he, he's spent his time. He, he's researched the University of Georgia. So with that, yeah, I would be surprised if he wasn't a dog. But again, in, in this class, anything can happen. But if I was going to put a prediction meter on it, yeah, I feel 95, 99 per, percent confident. And, and Branson. Oh, no, sure. I'm, I'm exactly on par with you there uh, with Branson. Um, yeah, I, I felt like for the longest time he's been a dog. I think we were going to get him anyway. Uh, obviously, like you'd mentioned before, right, the the dead period been extended uh, finally ends. You know, these kids are finally able to sit there and go visit these campuses. So you can't be mad for these kids, you know, backing off commitments. You know, obviously we had Bear and uh, Smoke Bowie decommit, you know, and really – taking advantage of going out and, and looking at campuses and things like that. So, you know, I, you can't be mad at these kids for, you know, waiting what feels like forever to really go visit a campus. But you know, I felt for the longest time that Branson's going to be a dog. And I think, you know, obviously I look at it in a sense of once their name's on the NIL, then I'll, you know, be and I'll be comfortable. Right. Uh, but even but even with the transfer portal, you know, kind of a side note before we dig into the rabbit hole transfer portal, guys, that's that's a little bit different. So sometimes you can't even feel comfortable after they sign their NIL. But um, but I feel pretty confident with uh, with Branson for sure. I'm, I'm on par with that 95 percent you're talking about. Uh, but you look at, you know, deny Dennis Sutton. And like I said, he fits a need for Georgia along that defensive line and what Trey Scott's trying to do. Uh, you know, looking at, you know, obviously true nose tackle here, you're losing Devontae, you're losing uh, Jordan Davis, you, you're probably going to lose Adam Anderson, uh, more than likely Nolan Smith, perhaps, if not next year. So obviously you've got some shoes to fill uh, and a lot of spots to fill on the defensive line. Uh, you know, looking at defensive line, I think it's going to be a huge class this year. It's very deep. Uh, but specifically for uh, Deny Dennis Sutton here, you know, I'm going to give a prediction of about, I feel 80% confident on this one. I know George has been pushing hard for him. Uh, you know, I think he's talking about Bama and uh, Penn State are in his top three along with Georgia. Uh, you know, and so I, I feel pretty much confident to say about 80%, I think 80% dog uh, here. Uh, what's your prediction on that? I think it's more of a Georgia-Penn State battle than Alabama, though Alabama can always flex those Alabama muscles and get a kid's interest in a matter of no time. So if they were to really put on the gas there, um, they could be a player. But, you know, I don't know. Uh, everything I, Everybody I've talked to, he seems to love the University of Georgia, and it's a, a mutual love. The Georgia, Our staff loves him equally as well. Um, High character kid, the type of kid you really want to be an ambassador for your program. Um, so I, I'm kind of like you. I'm, I'm 80, 75, 80 percent there. In other years, it would probably be higher. 
But like I said, with just the return of visits, kids finally getting a taste of what it's like to to get wooed by so many different coaches in, in a matter of, you know, a, a, a week or two weeks, they, they visit five, six campuses and they hear the sales pitch from everybody. So in other years, I'd probably be a little higher with my prediction, but I, I like it at 75%. Yeah, I mean that's still a pretty. I'd oh, say it's still a absolutely. Score. Oh, no, super um, confident. But again, just one of those that him not being close to Georgia is the only thing that really proximity-wise, not close yeah, geographically, yeah. Um, is the only thing that that makes me a little bit nervous. Um, actually, leaving home is is harder than you think. So committing to it, but no, I mean if if I'm forced to make a bet. On commitment day this month, I'm 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 putting my money on Sutton committing to the dogs. I, I would agree with you there. I, and obviously, being somebody that left home and I've been a vet myself, you know, I know what it's like to leave home and, and go away. Um, it's not as easy as people think it is. It's not that simple. And with these college decisions, guys, these obviously for most of us, we may not be a college athlete or anything, but I can assure you, at 17, 18 years old, one of the biggest decisions of your life, and you know, looking at it right there, that's that's a huge factor into uh, making that decision. So, you know, like I said, I'm with you. I think he's I think he's a dog come the 22nd. Uh, but obviously, there's a lot of time left. And then, obviously, until you know whether he signs early signing day or in February for uh, traditional, you know, there's still a lot of time for you know Penn State or Alabama or whoever really to try to jump in. Um, but moving on from those two, I feel. You know, like I said, we've talked about that. We feel pretty comfortable with those guys. Uh, Carlton Madden uh, recently released a uh, commitment date for, I want to say, the 18th of September. And obviously, if you're not familiar with Carlton Madden, uh, do yourself a favor. Do some research on this kid. Former Colorado commit, uh, you know, gets offered by Georgia and then almost immediately decommits. Uh, you know, there's a ton of momentum for uh, for him going to Georgia uh, what would your confidence rating for Madden be uh, come September? I feel like Madden will be a dog for sure. I mean, a lot can change between now and September. I, I feel like if the commitment day was tomorrow, I, my, my meter would be as high as it could go for, for him coming to the University of Georgia. With a little space in between, I have to watch the visits. Let's see what he does. Let's see where he travels. But where it stands today, yeah, I, I, I like our chances with Madden as good as anyone. Yeah, no, you always, you always have to look at the visits, you know, um, but you can't always 100% bank on them either. We, we got burnt uh, looking at visits from, uh, was it Mason Smith and uh, Corey Foreman as well? Uh, well, Jordan Birch as well, too. Uh, so obviously you can't 100% bank on the visits, but it's a damn good uh, representation of what could be happening. Uh, you know, but going to Madden's point here, you know, obviously when Georgia offered, I think you look at a sense of, you know, in my opinion, I'm, I'm going to say 100% lock. This kid is a dog. Uh, I just I just feel the writings on the wall there. You know, the uh, you, you look at what happens, right? Current Colorado kid uh, commit. Uh, literally, as soon as Georgia offers that decommit comes within the next couple of days, and then you literally start hearing the hype. And I, I think that's I think there's a ton of smoke there, which is why I feel so confident in him being a dog. I, I think he's one of those kids that, and you really just one of the many kids here in this class. <clears throat> Um, the, the, and probably last cycle too, with the dead period being the way it was, kids. The rankings don't mean shit right now. Um, this is the perfect year to you know to really see that. I just I just believe that he was one of those kids that you know really fits what Georgia's trying to do, uh, but the ranking doesn't reflect it. And, and I think that's where the evaluating talent, not the stars, 
uh, is going to be crucial here. So, you know, looking at that right there, obviously I trust in what Kirby and what Kirby and company really see. So, like I said, I feel like he's 100% lock. I think he's you could pencil that uh, commit in and, and just go from there come September 18th. Yeah, that's definitely not an unfair perception of of, uh, of a percentage for him because the kid, yeah, the, 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 the kid had, like you said, committed to Colorado, comes to Georgia, immediately decommits, and it's been nothing but Georgia talk ever since. Like I said, if there wasn't a bunch of time, I mean, this kid's a, this kid's a dog. If his commitment was tomorrow, I'd tell you 100%. Um, I've just been burned too many times to give, to give 100% out there when they got a couple months of visits they can take. Anything can happen, but it's unlikely. Yeah, the kid's a dog. And, and to touch on your, your, your rank, what you mentioned about rankings, I mean – it was almost unfair to rank any kid last year. There's no camps. There's no combines. Some kids didn't even play high school football, yet they're out there assigning stars or numbers or whatever it is they do to evaluate or say they evaluate these kids. And they're doing it on phone conversations with somebody that's given them insight to what they look like at practice because guess what? There's nobody allowed at practice either, even on the yeah. high school level. So what you'll see is a lot of boards reset when these kids get on campus and, and they're participating in these camps. Coaches are, are likely seeing them live for the first time. They didn't get to catch them at a game. They hadn't seen the footage. So the real evaluation evaluation is taking place on campus. So there's one thing, like you said, I don't doubt Kirby. I don't doubt the staff. This kid could be a two-star, three-star, or ten-star. If Kirby wants him, I mean, there's a reason behind it. You know, looking into that, your what you just said, I completely agree with you there. You know, this is this is the perfect year to really break down what the rankings actually mean. Nothing, <laughs> they really don't mean much. I mean, you, I, I've seen I've seen hit, like, statistics show that you know when it comes to rankings, you know, the top teams uh, in recruiting rankings, you know, typically transitions uh, to success on the field in regards to championships, which I've saw that argument. But this year, is, I think, is a complete and utter exception to the rule because of the fact that, like you just said, no one was able to go see these kids at all. Like, no in, you know, no scouts, nothing. None. Uh, so, you know, now you're going to – I can almost tell you right now that the rankings are going to be so much of a roller coaster effect. It's, it's literally something you probably would just want to hold off and wait and look for 2023. Um, I <laughs> Here's what I'll say about rankings. If you're somebody that follows rankings, follow kids at these camps. A kid like Madden, a kid that goes in, maybe he's ranked lower than most, committed to a smaller school, maybe not a big SEC powerhouse or not mm -hmm. a Clemson, Ohio State, Oklahoma. And watch what his rankings do. And, and the week or two after he gets the first big offer and then everybody else jumps on board with an offer, watch those rankings shoot through the roof. And, and that'll tell you right there everything you need to know about how they evaluate kids. We're not trying to – look, for the record, guys, we're not trying to bash these recruiting services or anything like that, but let's be honest. It's a good it's service. Really, it, I mean, they are good services. And, and for me, you know, you, I like to look at 24-7. I love to look at the composite because of the overall comparisons here and, and uh, the numbers there. But, you know, honestly, let's be honest, though, guys. Like like Jamie just said, look at the, look at the camps. Like, perfect example. Um, sorry, uh, the opening, right, the Elite 11. Uh, actually, just uh, Jaden Gibson, 
right? Perfect example. Not really on Georgia's radar and blows it up at the Elite 11. Just just ridiculous. Had a great showing. Georgia offers, and then boom, he's already on the radar. Now, he's a four-star already if you're looking at rankings, but that's the thing, right? This is what happens with the talent, you know, hasn't had a chance to to be seen uh, until you start to go out to these camps and these big recruiting events like that right there. You, you start to see these guys emerge, and, and that's when their stock really rises, or it could fall. I've seen certain situations where some people will fall. <clears throat> but nonetheless, you know, you, lo- you look at what Georgia carries, right? We have some stroke, let's be honest. If, if Georgia offers, that, you know, more than likely, if a kid wants Georgia to be there, if we offer, it's going to happen. We can be in top whatevers. Uh, obviously, it's just a matter of closing out. But nonetheless, I look at it this way right here. Uh, obviously, let's talk about Jaden Gibson since we just did that. Right, recent offer, uh, obviously after the Elite 11 here, uh, immediately puts him, uh, puts Georgia in the top eight, was a top seven, uh, supposed to be, moves it to a top eight. Uh, Obviously, I I think listening to uh, social media and stuff like that, you know, I I don't know if he's going to release another top afterwards, but I I think he may end up actually committing from the eight schools. Uh, I'm not, I would say probably, if I had to choose a confidence level here, I'm going to say 60%. And, Jamie, see what see if this makes sense to you. The fact that Georgia offers and then immediately gets thrown into the top eight does, me, does matter. Uh, you look at his schools that he's looking at right there. I think it's a Florida – I mean, he's a Florida kid. So you look at the you know, you know look at the Florida schools, Miami, Florida, Florida State. You know, those are all in there. I think it's a battle between the Florida, State, uh, uh, Florida schools and Georgia. But when you look at his skill set with what Georgia could be losing pretty much, I think you look at the possibility that he could be a dog, which is why I think if I had to choose a projection, 60% would be fair. There's still a lot of work for Georgia to be done here to really secure that commitment. But And Georgia's looking for it. Uh, I would say we've already got Denialon Moore set in the fold. Um, you know, we lose on Kojo to uh, Ohio State. A lot of people has been looking at Kojo. So you're still looking for probably two, maybe three, depending on who falls into the class, uh, two receivers. And I think really looking at it, uh, Jaden Gibson would be a great fit for Georgia with his body being at 6'4", and really a really good run time and speed uh, for that body size. You know, if you had to choose Jaden Gibson, uh, obviously it's kind of a recent thing. What would you want to say about that? I mean, I, I like where we sit with Jay, with Gibson today. I really do. Uh, but I'm not ready to even say, and it's not that we don't have a chance, but I'm not ready to put a, put a number on it. I want to get him on campus. If he comes to campus, if, he, if we get him here, then I, I'll agree with you. I mean, we're 60% or better just with him showing up. Um, Obviously, he's a Florida kid, and we'll have the Florida schools tugging at him. I think the Gators are probably what would most be, would be the consensus favorite to land him prior to us jumping in. But uh, we all know how Florida recruits. They don't recruit at the level that Georgia does. They don't. They, so what, what we could sell him while on campus is going to be more inviting to what Florida does. And outside of great tight end play, I mean, Florida doesn't have the data to suggest that they're putting out all-world wide receivers similar to what Ohio State has to offer kids when they get there. They can show them mounds and mounds of tape of, you know, 1,000 yards, 1,000 yards, 1,000 yards. I mean, it's as deep as you want to go. Florida doesn't have that data. So with that um, – I think it's a great shot that we could pull this kid out of Florida right from under the nose of the Gators. 
Yeah, and, and you talk about Florida recruiting, and, and you look at statistics. I think you have to look at this past year, and, and this is not making an excuse or anything like that, but let's be honest. Florida's offense with Pitts and Tony and Kyle Trask was really an exception to what we've seen in recent memory with Florida, uh, in my opinion, since uh, since uh, Urban Meyer, uh, with the level of success that they had. And, and really, yeah, let's be honest, they didn't even have that much success. They completely crumbled to end the season. But statistically, you know, obviously you have a Heisman uh, candidate, a, f- a Heisman finalist quarterback, uh, Kyle Pitts, highest tight end ever drafted going forward to the Falcons. You know, there was a lot of success there. And, and really looking at it right here, outside of that past year, you know, you don't, like you said, you don't really see a lot of you know, numerical data to suggest that there were Florida receivers, uh, you know, outside of what you saw with uh, Urban have been really a true, like, breakout star and have unlimited success, basically, uh, at the next level. So I think looking at what George is putting on the field this year, uh, what the expectations are for this year, and tie that into what we saw when JT Daniels came on the field the last four games. I think that's a lot of, you know, basically fuel for our fire for uh, for Gibson. Um, so I think, like I said, I, obviously if we put if we put pen to paper basically this year on the field, I think it's almost I would say my sixty percent would go up pretty significantly. Oh yeah, and that's something we need to do as a whole for wide receiver recruiting anyway. We've we've got to show these kids that we can get them the ball consistently. Um and, and you know, we um we've we've done it some in the past. We did it four games with JT and, and, and the data prior to JT under Munkin doesn't count. I mean it was you, you can't use that. I mean, it's for us or against us simply because we're starting a basically a walk on quarterback but with JT if, if we can continue on the path that we left on and even grow from that that should open the door to a lot of these wide receiver recruitments becoming more of instant commitments just based on the film that we can put in front of them and I just got a text right here and it looks like Demetrius Robinson is official to Auburn wow you know I kind of saw that uh right it was on the wall one. there yeah yeah but it's now official <laughs> Yeah, looking at that, though, in my opinion, though, well, let's talk a briefly about this. You know, D-Rob has that speed, uh, you know, and Auburn loses, uh, you know, they lose shorts, they lose Eli Stove, I think. So they were trying to replace a lot of speed as well. And, and I think D-Rob will fit well there. Uh, I, I think when you look at Auburn, though, there's still so many question marks about what they're going to be offensively, right? You, you know, obviously you look at Bo Nix and you would think that that's the starter, but then T.J. Fenley comes from LSU, uh, you know, and I wouldn't expect him to come there if he was, wasn't expecting to battle for the uh, starting job. Uh, so obviously you look at the starting quarterback situation, it's kind of iffy right now. But obviously with the new sk- uh, with the new coaching staff, right, what Brian Harson can bring, there's so many questions there because this, this isn't, you know, this isn't your group of five anymore, right? This isn't. This is SEC football, and you're going to be going against Georgia. You're going to be going against Bama, LSU, every week. So, you know, D-Rob, I think he benefits from having the SEC experience to go against these defenses. But it's just a matter of what they can do offensively and how productive they can be offensively to what level of success that he's going to sustain. And, you know, obviously I wish him well. Obviously, as a former dog, I'm not going to bash any kid for that matter. I do wish him well. Uh, just whenever we play Auburn, I, I can't, 
I can't wish him a win there. You know what I mean? I just can't do that. So, no, uh, I hope he plays well in that game. I do but there's no way he gets to walk away with a win. But, you know, if I was D-Rob and I'm going to go somewhere in the SEC to stay in conference, Auburn is probably the best spot for him. I mean, like you said, there are a lot of question marks. There's a lot of spots open, and he brings a level of experience that they don't have. I mean, he, he's been here a while, and, and a, a level of maturity. You know, though he didn't find the success he hoped to have found in Athens, one thing he didn't do is he didn't cause any problems. He, he went out yep. there, and he grinded every day. It just didn't work out. So, uh, yeah, I think he can help them be whatever they're going to be. But... Um, yeah, and, and, and it keeps him on national TV. So every, actually probably not a bad move for him or a bad decision on where he chose to go. Um, as long as it's not Florida, I can live with it. Uh, absolutely. Or Tennessee for that matter, too. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. But now, you know, he's kind of fits this mold of the what we're looking at on our offense, uh, especially at the receiver position. You know, this is one of the most deep classes in, in regards to a receiver room that I've ever seen. Um, from top to bottom, I feel like we have production at all levels. Um, and I think you obviously you saw in recent transfers, you know, you look at Trey Blunt, Micaiah Tong, uh, you know, those guys right there, right? He just fits into this casualty of depth and attrition uh, in that room. Uh, so, like you were saying, I, yeah, I, want, I wish him success. And I know he's been here for a while. He's got that experience. Um, I think he can go in there and make an immediate impact at Auburn. Uh, you know, help out Bo Nix or help out T.J. Finley, um, you know, while they're learning the new offense, uh, things like that. He wasn't a bad player, obviously, at Georgia. You know what I mean? I, like I said, it's just a matter of you know, depth and attrition. So, you know, I think he'll be successful. But, look, when he plays Georgia, I, I can't root for him. Uh, I can root for him, but I'm not definitely not going to root for Auburn. Um, no, I'll never. I mean, I, there, there are a few situations that I'm going to root for Auburn. Um but yeah, I, I wish the kid well. Nothing but the best. And and that's the look. This is the this is the cost of doing business. If you're going to recruit at the level that that Kirby recruits at, there are going to be some really good players that get recruited over. I mean, it, it's just part of it. There's kids that can likely start on many other SEC schools that won't scratch the field at the University of Georgia, and we're going to have to live with and still love them when they go somewhere else because at the end of the day, they've got to do what's best for them. Um, they all have aspirations of getting to the league, using football to feed their family. It's just part of it. It's different. Yeah, we, you know, it's not what we're used to, but this is times we're in. And I say, you know, embrace the kid, wish him well, and just make it where he never wins against Georgia. Fair enough. I mean, he's only got one more year. I think he's like a super senior, if I'm not mistaken. So Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's, he's graduated, I believe. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, would, I, would, I can't blame him, you know, to try to raise his stock either. Um, obviously, but moving on from the receivers, let's kind of talk about another receiver just at a different position, Oscar Delp. Right, everybody knows the social media battle between us and South Carolina. Delp is a dog, you know. We want Delp. <clears throat> My prediction here, I think he's a, I think he's a lock to Georgia. Uh, just looking at what you know, I, I just think there was some smoke there with South Carolina, but let's be honest, South Carolina. There's so many question marks with with what Beamer's going to do. I'm not going to say Beamer's going to be not uh, unsuccessful. Uh, I just don't know if they can provide the level of success that Oscar Delp would want. And I know he's got the ties with his mom going to Columbia and going to school there. I just think that, you know, he's a dog in my opinion. So I'm going to say confidence of 80 uh, on, on Oscar Delp. And I think he commits in 
well, I don't, I think September 30th was dealt. Yeah, I think it's September. And, and yeah. my confidence level on this one, again, I'm, I'm going to speak as if he were committing tomorrow. If he was committing tomorrow, I would say 90, 95%. With that time in there, we'll see what happens. See if anybody can get on the radar with him. See if he can, you know, find new love somewhere else. But I never, I never got worried about South Carolina. I mean, it was yeah, cute. Um, and I get it. I mean, to, the story was good. There is the level of attraction because your mother graduated from there. Their ties are there. But a kid at, the, at that level, let's just be honest, in-state is typically not going to travel to South Carolina. There's, just, there's nothing for him there. I mean, it's, he's not chasing a national championship. He's not even chasing a conference championship. So yeah. if, if the desire is to win – you take those talents to the school you love the most in the state that you're born in. And yeah, there's, there's too many factors that push Delp to the university of Georgia for him not to be a dog. You know, I look at Delp, the tight end room where it is right now won't even matter. You know, obviously we have Darnell, you have Fitzpatrick, you have uh, Brock Bowers. And I, and I love what all of those guys bring to the table. But when you look at Oscar Delp, you know, I, I think of a you know tight end that runs like a receiver, and that kind of fits our mold with what Harley is doing. Um, you know, you get Darnell that's what I'd say six seven, six eight for sure. Yeah. Um, so and and he could catch and run like a receiver. We saw what he did against Cincinnati, you know, in Missouri, things like that. And, and then you add in, you know, you add in Brock Bowers. What what I saw at G Day, I was really impressed with what I saw with him. Uh, I think you know, the ceiling on Bowers is, is is super high. I mean, when you say running routes like a receiver, I mean the kids got. I mean, what 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 did Bowers run like a, like four, a four or five? five something something. Like that, yeah, yeah. I mean, a kid two hundred and forty pounds running a four or five and and Chris routes and good hands. I mean, he's a matchup nightmare, and that's the same thing Delt brings to the table. Um, the, the 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 structure of this room is changing. There, we I don't think we'll see a ton of prototypical Darnell Washingtons that we've seen in the past. And mm -hmm. we're, we're the more of the hybrid guy that can flex out wide if, if, if needed. Yep. So while, while you were mentioning that right there, while we were talking about, you know, Bowers and his potential, uh, I, I got a tweet about uh, three assistant coaches uh, that got extensions. Uh, I don't know if you had saw that yet, but uh, Matt Luke got an extension. Uh Glenn Schumann and Trey Scott all got extensions. So obviously I think those are three key pieces there, uh, especially with Trey Scott and um, Schumann on the defense. I think Schumann probably going to be our next DC uh, and, and Trey Scott, you know, great recruiter, phenomenal recruiter, uh, you know, and really developing these guys too. You have to extend those guys to keep them at Georgia. So I am glad to see that news uh, for those three. Uh, and, and honestly, next, if I see anybody else, I want to see Todd Hartley. I, I think Todd Hartley deserves a, an extension as well. Uh, but we'll see what happens with Todd Hartley. Um, but kind of going back to Delp here, right? I want to kind of use this as a transition. So you all obviously with Delp, you know, like I said, I think he's a dog. And, and obviously there was a huge battle on social media with the hashtag war. Um, you know, we want Delp versus uh, Delp as a dog which transitions into the Shaw dog uh, that just popped up too uh, for Travis Shaw, uh, defensive lineman out of Grimsley up right near my back of uh, backyard, basically in Greensboro. I think 
that you're looking at, you know, top three of him uh, being Georgia, Clemson, uh, UNC. I just feel like he's a dog. I, I know you have to really keep an eye out for North Carolina here, um, just knowing what they're about with Mac Brown. Um, you know, look, Miles Murphy over there just comes out of Greensboro as well, uh, having some good success there. I just think that, you know, the immediate need, uh, Georgia's will to, I guarantee you, throw everything at him to be a dog, uh, along with the X factor and this whole recruitment, in my opinion, Jalen Walker. I, right. I think there's just, I think the writing's on the wall. Um, you know, I think he's a dog. So I'm going to say 70%. Wow. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take my bold take here, guys. 70%. I think he's a dog. Now, he's not scheduled to commit. Uh, there's no scheduled date specifically, but uh, I just feel confident in it. Obviously, losing Bear. I know George is not going to be out of that right there. They're going to push for Bear. But let's be honest, Travis Travis Shaw feels a need that we're about to lose this year, after this year, and it's going to be crucial to get that fill-in. And it's we're basically replacing Jordan Davis, and that's a true nose tackle. You you look at you know you look at what Jordan Davis, and you see how how vital he is to the defense's success. And like I said, it, right there, it starts at the line. And we see what happens when Jordan Davis is on the field and when he's not. And no and no discredit to Jalen Carter or anything like that. But, look, Jordan Davis is, was irreplaceable last year. We saw what happened when he wasn't on the field, and the defense took, in my opinion, a really noticeable step back, uh, ex- especially with getting pressure along the front four. <clears throat> and, and Travis Shaw would fit that. Um, got the body size for it, and you know, I, and I think George is going to press very hard and basically showing, like, look, you know, Jordan Davis was a kid right out of Charlotte, right in North Carolina right. too. You see, you see the success that he's got, and I guarantee he's a top. I would say probably a top two round pick, t- round one, round two, in my opinion. J- just off, of, you know, and you and stats don't mean shit to him. And, and that's one of the things that I like about Jordan Davis. He he's said it that stats don't matter. He looks at the stats of the linebackers. I want that philosophy to fill that you know that true nose tackle. And I think Travis Shaw is the guy. Uh, you know, I just don't feel confident enough to say that Bear comes back into the class. I'm not saying he won't. I, I just don't feel confident enough that Bear ends up back in Georgia. So that means that Georgia has to land Travis Shaw. And that's why I feel confident that Kirby and, and Trey Scott are going to get it done, which is why I put 70%. What do you think? I think everything you said is is correct as far as the need, as far as the position. Um, In fact, I mean, all things being equal, I take Shaw over Bear if I had to choose one or the other. If I could have either one I wanted, Shaw's my guy there. Um, Regardless of what the ranking service tell me, yeah, I I like Shaw, and I think we lead for Shaw. I I, I think it's a three-team race. Uh, I think it's, you know, one of the Carolina schools, North Carolina, or, or Clemson. Um, in North Carolina, but I, yeah, I think we lead. I, I think it's probably not by a huge margin just yet, but I think we're gaining more momentum as the time goes on. So I, I don't know how I would rank that other than I think we lead for them. I, I think if we can continue what we're doing and these schools aren't able to find a way to flatten a, the tire of the bus that we're on, then in the end, it was a, a, a large opportunity for him to come to Athens. Oh, absolutely. And, and I'll tell you this right here, just being from North Carolina, understanding what, what it means for kids and out of high school coming to, and, and, you know, looking at your in-state schools, 
it can't count out Clemson either. And the reason why I say that is because in the recent memory, Clemson has had a stranglehold over North Carolina. If they wanted a kid from North Carolina, they got them. And and really, as long as Brent Venables is there, I, I don't see Clemson not being a threat here. Uh, I do think that it is a UNC Georgia battle right now, with just you know very, very close. Right. Ultimately, I think you look at the production on the field, and I think that's where the momentum switches for whenever he decides to commit. Um, you know, I'm still trying to find you know words on his uh, UNC visit uh, right before the dead period kicked back up. Uh, you know, like you said, taking visits and hearing what came out of those uh, are crucial, uh, especially when you know when it matters to this, the stakes are this high for this kind of kid, you know, it's, it's, it's a big deal, especially what we're losing uh, after the season. So, you know, looking at that right there, I, I really think we're in the lead, but like you said, not by much. And Georgia's got their work cut out for him uh, to, to pull him down to, um, down to Athens. And, and, you know, you look at kids, you know, Jordan Davis specifically, uh, I think it was yesterday, you know, reached out and, and hit the shawl dog uh, hashtag and let them know that Athens take care uh, takes care of those NC boys. And let's be honest, you, you look at you look at some NC products, and he's not he's not lying. Todd Gurley comes to mind. Zeus currently on the you know uh, right, and really Jordan Davis himself. So he's not lying. Keith Marshall, if you want to go that far back. Georgia, Georgia has a good track record with North Carolina kids too. So that's why Georgia is going to be in it uh, for a North Carolina kid as well. Uh, so, you know, my take, I want them. I, I, me, I don't know. We, uh, we're in the OG chat over there with Brooks Austin. We've talked about this at nauseum. I want them. Brooks wants them. I think everybody really is almost wanting them. Uh, and really rightfully so the kid is just a freak. So, you know, looking at that right there, guys, that's the recruiting part of this, right? I, I think, those are some names. If you're not familiar with them, go check them out. Look, do your, you know, do some digging, do some research, get a feel for what, what they're about. Watch their tape, right? Don't look at the rankings 100%. Look at the tape, uh, you know, and and really get a feel for what we're talking about here with, you know, and, and see why they would fit at Georgia. Uh, but Jamie, I wanted to get into a quick Q and A here, man. Sure. Uh, obviously, at the beginning of the show, you know, we were talking about the dog cast, right, and been going since '05. Right. Um, so I wanted, you know, from a podcaster to a podcaster here, I wanted to ask a couple questions, and, you know, and, and and if anybody's listening and, you know, you want to – who's to say we maybe have our next podcaster listening in right now? Um, you know, what – I guess for me, what brought you to create or to join the Dogcast? I know it wasn't – you know, you weren't the creator per se, sure. but you definitely joined in. At, uh, so what was the – you know, what was the logic behind that? Like what made you want to do that? Well, I was friends with Derek. Um, he was a friend of mine. The The need was there. Um, I followed him in the show. The, I won't say from entirety, but shortly after it launched back in yeah. the very early days and, and just watched the growth. It was it was part of my life in, in a lot of ways prior to me being on the show. So it just made sense to transition into that spot once it was available. Oh, no, I mean, I, look, you know, looking at how successful it's been, I know well, y'all are on episode 581 was the last one that came out. Yeah, it's 581, um, like I said, since since October of 2005. And prior to now, we've only ever been a full schedule in season. 
post-game and pre-game shows every week. And then the off-season was hit and miss. We're going to cover G-Day. We're going to cover any kind of big news, but maybe monthly episodes. Maybe only one show in March and two shows in April. Um, But as we're transitioning now, starting next week, we'll be at least one weekly episode off-season and then back in season with a minimum of a post and pregame show. And there could be some new content coming for a third show that's out and worked out all the kinks, but there could be a third show in season coming. Yeah. No, you know, trying to set a schedule, obviously like I'm compared to 2005, I'm nowhere near that yet. <laughs> so for me, it's, you know, there's a lot to go when you're first starting off, you know, you're looking at your schedule uh, and trying to schedule consistency in my opinion. Um, but sometimes that's difficult, you know, especially in the off season, right? Like right. the regular season is so easy because you have games and, you know, you obviously you can see what you saw, you know, pregame or what you expect and then obviously review what you saw. But the off season, there's 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 that opportunity where there's nothing going on and, and it makes it difficult to find content. Um, so, you know, in, in that regard, was it difficult to really maintain your consistency starting off like Obviously, with especially during the off season, per se. I mean, it is hard. You got to find just find your niche. You know what 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 are you most attracted to? I mean, we, the thing you like the most is the thing you're going to be best talking about. So to find the area when there isn't content, I mean, it's easy in season or in camp or during those times because there's there's information coming from everywhere. But when there's nothing, you just have to find what it is. Is it is it old games? Is it former players? Is it you just find what 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 works best for you. I don't think there's a right or wrong way. Um, just, just you know, find the part that you love, and if you love it, they're gonna love it too because you're delivering it to them in such a way that they're not getting it anywhere else. No, absolutely. I, you know, that was one of the things that I had is just obviously like for me starting fresh, right? One of the things for me was was trying to build these, you know, networking, right? Like you understand networking from a personal level, but then you, you know, you have your podcast. So you sit there, you try to, you know, network in that regard too. Uh, and, and really a lot of times you shoot your shot. And that's what I've always said to myself is, you know, if you can reach out to somebody, shoot your shot. And if they respond to you, awesome. If not, Hey, you can say you try, you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. You can't be, you can't be scared to go <laughs> after it. If there's somebody out there that you want to talk to or something you want to do on the show, I mean, go for it. What's the, the worst thing that can happen is somebody not respond or tell you no. And, 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 that, and sometimes that's good. Have them, somebody telling, you no can, you can scratch that person off the list and go to the one that might be the right one. Absolutely. You know, like I always have a goal set in mind for me. Like, I think one of my goals uh, is to, is to bring on like Herschel Walker or bring on, you know, no Sean Marino. Cause like in my opinion, uh, in my lifetime, no Sean was my, was really the, the Georgia Bulldog that got me to be a dog fan. And I went back on the first episode and kind of gave my uh, history on why, what made me a dog fan. And, and really back in 08, when, when he was doing the leap at uh, Arizona state, right. Uh, that, right. That one specifically is what set me to, to really like, okay, this is my team. I think this is my team. Uh, you know, but even at the same time though, I, I do try to keep up with the SEC um, you know, for me, when I was in high school, I don't know, I may have not have told you the story. When I was in high, uh, in high school trying to get out to college uh, back in 08, 09, I actually got accepted to LSU uh, just, you know, at the time of the recession. If anybody is old enough to remember that, it was 
you you really couldn't do much. And then, you know, so it was just pretty much had to scratch it. But, you know, I did follow LSU uh, pretty closely. Uh, Just, you know, obviously just I felt like it was something I wanted to do uh, just because, you know, I got accepted there. So it was an honor to be accepted even though I didn't go. But, um, you know, but like I said, still Georgia has that place in my heart. So, you know, looking at that right there and really you look at what you're doing, you know, for me, if anybody's like me, you know, I love recruiting. I, I keep up with these guys. I know it's it's difficult, right? You, you're you're going to be wrong, right? You, you can sit here and make predictions on, oh, he'll be a dog. And then next thing right. you know, Ohio State comes out of nowhere and we're like, where did this come from? You know, and it, yeah, obviously you have, you know, you have to understand to be, you know, you're going to be wrong. Um, but you have to, you know, stick your foot out there and make it happen, right? Um, so, yeah, obviously, you know, basically you're just seconding, you know, what I've been thinking. Uh, but if anybody's listening and, you know, maybe could be an aspiring podcaster down the road, hey, maybe you could take this and, and run with it. So uh, before we end the show, uh, Jamie, I want to give you a second to, um, you know, to basically tell people more where they can find the dogcast, where they can find your, uh, your work. Uh, I know y'all record 60 feet under uh, Sanford Stadium. Uh, so tell people about that. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we record from the bunker, 60 feet beneath the surface of Sanford Stadium. Been there since 2005. Just press neg- negative six on the elevator if you can get that access. And if you can, we'll see you down there. But no, you can find us anywhere on any podcasting platform, Spotify, Apple. We're not on the video channels, but anywhere you find a podcast, we're there. Just the Dogcast podcast is where you'll find us. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, the Dogcast. You can find me personally on Twitter. It's at Jamie Goodman, J-A-M-E-Y for the Jamie. Most people hit the I-E, but it's J-A-M-E-Y Goodman, and you'll find my content right there. It's not always super exciting, but hey. I'll follow you back. There you go. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do anything here, but uh, you're about to be on another show here, basically after this one. Um, so I'm not gonna spill anything. I, I know right. we talked about this, but uh, guys, obviously we've had <clears throat> sorry we've had Jay, uh, Jay Crane on. Uh, if you're if you've been listening and watching, we had him on. Uh, Jamie's actually going to be on uh, the Jay Boy show here in a little bit. Uh, so do me a favor, uh, go. Follow J-Boy for one, and tune in uh, to Jamie on the J-Boy show as well. Uh, I, from my experience, you can find the J-Boy show basically anywhere you can find the dog cast. Um, you know, some of y'all already may know about J-Boy. Uh, but if not, look, go to Spotify. I think, uh, you know, basically anywhere you find, like Jamie said, look up the J-Boy show. Uh, Jamie's going to be on there. Um, good news there. Breaking some big news for us in the dog cast, at least. Yep. At end of an era of independence and maybe something about some bigger sports podcasting networks that we'll be a part of in the future. There something in that area. Now, I, I, you know, I'm going to be tuning in. Uh, I definitely want to hear the news. I've been obviously waiting uh, past few episodes, man. I've been kind of waiting to see if y'all were going to throw it out there. Um so I'll be tuned in. Obviously, I listen to Jay Boy anyway. Great comment, uh, great content, great podcaster. Um, but hey, man, I just want to say thank you again for coming on, uh, having the insight to you know kind of talk podcaster to podcaster, and then obviously doing some recruiting, man. We, I love recruiting. Sure. I know you do too. So, like I said, it was a pleasure to have you on, and, and you're always welcome anytime you want to come back on. 
Always my pleasure, my man. I'd love to come back on anytime. Just let me know. We'll we'll suit it up. Absolutely, man. I'll keep you posted on what we can do that again. I, I enjoyed it. Well, I had a blast. And, you know, obviously we can talk more than recruiting, so we might do that next time. Perfect. Perfect. Look forward right, to it. Sounds right, good, buddy. buddy. Have all a right. good one. You too. I guess. So that is all for today. Uh, great show with Jamie on there. Like I said, Dogcast, longest running Georgia uh, podcast. Uh, go follow it. Go like it uh, wherever you can find it. Hey, but also like and subscribe on YouTube, Twitter. Go find me on here uh, for the DGD podcast, right? You can find me anywhere podcast is found too. Um, you know, if you're on YouTube, hey, like it, ring the bell for notifications because we are live right now. Um, and really just, you know, if you're on Apple Podcasts, hey, five stars, I'll take it. Uh, but on that note, though, guys, uh, stay tuned. We got a banger tomorrow. Uh, Juan Daniels will be on. So we're going to have a, a good time there. Uh, and on that note, though, guys, stay tuned for tomorrow uh, and have a great day. And we'll catch you on the next episode of the DGD Podcast.